Your martial arts movie podcast. Aha! I threw that shit before I walked in the room! Featuring Drunken Thai boxer, Will. Too bad you will die. The also drunken wrestler, Mark. I said I don't want trouble. And drunken karate master, Zero. You've lost your boss. And now, call, call, call. I don't come You know, baby. Fists of fail. Okay, so no more John Wick references. Or... No, no more need to, because this movie doesn't have... Well, I was going to say, it doesn't have any guns in it, but there is actually one gun in it. But for oh, the most yeah, part... There is a gun. <laughs> but for the most part, this is, weirdly enough, the closest we get to a traditional martial arts movie. I going to say, like, in classical. A very long time. Classical, classical yeah. martial arts movie. That's what it feels it's referencing. Mm-hmm. It's in this vein of, or heavily inspired by. Absolutely. It's uh, well, we're talking about Fist of the Condor, a movie that just came out in Haya, what, uh, a week ago? I mean, I guess a week ago, according to whenever this episode will be released. Uh, which is kind of funny because you and I watched this in theaters at the Alamo in, in New York, where Marco Zor was there. Yeah. So, in it, well, in advance of the actual release. So, uh, it's, it's kind of funny that this will come out after. Well, after it, it got released, but we got some good t- uh, tidbits on after doing the Q and A with him, and um, yeah, it's a this is a very entertaining film. Although it, it's kind of surprising how um, like the quality of the movie, given that this is a COVID movie. Yeah, that was really really surprising because. They weren't allowed to film any of this. <laughs> yeah. They went on record saying that they illegally made this movie. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, they basically just told us all to just to keep it on the down low. Like, dude, you don't tell the public that. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, the movie is uh, what like an eighty-minute long film. Really small cast for the most part. Really, uh, but surprisingly, like it looks like it has. Know, a pretty good production value for the you know well for what they made of it um and the final product really shows very simple story for the most part and uh you were telling me right before we started recording that this was supposed to be a web series that was my understanding yes and when you watch the movie it's broken up into chapters so when you watch the film Every chapter feels like it has some sort of notion of what the character is doing, what journey is on, where he is at that point. And it almost ends with a twist or a revelation before going into the next chapter. And that's pretty much how it would be a web series, I guess, or like a you know YouTube shorts or something like that. You know, you know what's one thing that's really beneficial about a movie that's broken up this way? Um, I mean, given that like you kind of anticipate it being like uh, anywhere between like five to ten chapters, like you you're never left in the dark on how much longer the movie is going to be. <laughs> That's right? true. The second time watching this, I knew exactly where I was. I mm-hmm. got a feeling for the pacing a little bit. I'll say when I first when we I first sat down and we were watching the movie together, I was not getting a good semblance of pacing because it was like we were just sitting down watching a series so i didn't know how many chapters there was 
And because every chapter ends with kind of a twist or a reveal, mm. I, you know, you don't know what act you're in if you're following sure. the traditional three act structure. So the whole time I was like, man, like, I don't understand. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you know what? You bring up a good point then, because if it was a web series, then it may, oh, well, it was intended to be a web series or the way that it's broken out. This movie doesn't really follow a three act structure. Um, and I think you, you were mentioning this before that, or like when we came out of the theater, that the pace, oh, not the pacing, the, the fact that everything's told out of chronological order can be a bit of an issue. Yeah. Um, nonlinear storytelling. We are following Marco Zoror as he is searching for his twin brother. And his twin brother has essentially stolen a manual that teaches a martial arts called the Master of the Fists of the Condor. I think that's what they say Something in the movie. Something like that, yeah. Something like that, you know, <laughs> title drop. And so he's looking for his twin brother who has stolen the manual and it flashes back to how he and his brother got involved with the original owner of the manual, this woman called the, I think it's the, the woman condor or the female condor. Mm-hmm. She is passing down this manual to students who are deserving of it. Mm-hmm. And his brother takes it without deserving it. And now he wants to go after him. And we get flashes, again, flashbacks to them, their origins, what they were doing beforehand. And then also just a lot of training stuff. And whenever he gets into a fight, they flash back to training to basically let us understand how his training can be utilized in combat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if that concept or this plot synopsis, whatever you want to call it, seems very out of like old school Shaw Brothers era... That's because it really is taking influence from that. And this is a Chilean film. And you'd think that it wouldn't really work. And I I think that, weirdly enough, they were able to accomplish that. It, it's, um, I mean, yeah, obviously there's not influence here that's you know, directly taking from like an Asian philosophy. But it's not like, I mean, this is weird for me to say this as an Asian American. But like, you know, it doesn't feel like they're appropriating it and making it feel like, okay, we're just taking it straight out of Asian um, culture and then transplanting it into Chile. It's more like, you know, like it's, it's like their own cultural spin on this. Yeah. I mean, when you learn a martial arts, you're, of course, you're going to get that culture's infusion into your own because you're learning the philo- literally the philosophies from that culture and mm-hmm. how they show you how to defend yourself with combat in combat. Yeah. So the fact that they're adding like a Chilean spin or their own take on it. And it's funny because it really is, and I don't want to say it really is Eastern philosophies, but they're, they're giving us those way of thinkings. I don't even know that's a phrase. (laughs) (laughs) They're giving us those ideas, those notions, and we're just getting a, a, a nice twist on it almost mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's i mean uh, the the movie it, it does feel like it's um uh, unique in that aspect and i do appreciate that uh for that i won't say that the story is anything um 
like too complicated you know for the most part is you know you really is like just hearkening back to like those old era like the old the the golden age of like shaw brothers where it's like you know like as simple as like yo there's this this uh legendary scroll or book that like just teaches you this one form and you can defeat anybody with it it's like yeah that's basically what this movie is and it's kind of impressive like again like going going back to what i was saying earlier in the episode um how what they were able to accomplish on such a tight budget and given the covid restrictions uh because it the movie looks surprisingly good like for the most part like i i think they were able to like really capitalize all on the all their locations and for the most part it's edited pretty well too so yeah i'm i'm thoroughly impressed by it when i was sitting down and watching the movie i wish i kind of knew some of that ahead of time mm, because mm-hmm. i think because we've just been watching hollywood movies we've been watching yep. movies with budgets i came in here the story structure was was throwing me off yeah i wasn't yeah. digging some aspects of it and i was like huh i don't know like it wasn't really doing it for me but mm-hmm. then when we then they had the qa and they reveal like well yeah you know they had no budget really Marco Zorro's like, yeah, when you're in a Hollywood movie, you have teams to move the lights. When we do this movie, he's like, I had to move the lights. <laughs> so, you're like, so, yeah, you kind of you have to temper your expectations with these smaller movies. And I wasn't again, I wasn't crazy about it the first time. But when I rewatched it tonight, I I was able to kind of get into it because because I knew what was coming and I knew mm-hmm. where I was in the story. I don't know. Something something about it the second time felt a, a little Actually, a lot better for me. So I yeah. enjoyed I enjoyed, I enjoyed it more this second time watching it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, there was a well, we had this idea that like this could have just been a quick jab. Um, but watching again, like I'm like, there's plenty. I think there's enough fights to break down in the movie, and um, and also that's another thing. You know, like yes, it is a, a pandemic film, so like I was surprised like with the level of uh, martial arts actually went into the film because yeah, it's. Well, what's gonna happen if someone gets injured on set? Well, you know, folks are gonna have to come in, and I mean, they're gonna have to call like an ambulance or like get get someone here to like save, you know, provide medical attention, and then that draws the attention of the authorities. Like, what are you guys doing here? We were filming something. <laughs> I mean, if anything, they should have said we were fighting. <laughs> we are fighting. Yeah, we're fighting. What are these cameras for? Yeah, they're just there. They're just there. Yeah. <laughs> um, although. Uh, oh man, I, I guess it's like the third of uh, Marco Zoror's movies where he, he he talks like this the entire time. This is him talking into the mic. He's like narrating the entire movie, and he has like low, he had that low stoic growly voice. Um, right, right. Yeah, we covered him in Kiltro. <laughs> mm-hmm. He and director Ernesto Diaz Espinoza. Espiniz- Excuse mm-hmm. me. They've been working together for a while now, and we haven't covered a lot of his movies. I've been wanting yeah. to. It just never fit into anything we were doing. <laughs> but maybe if well, you bug that... us, maybe we'll try to try to figure <laughs> fit some in here and there. Yeah, one of you patron listener, listeners, uh, if you really want us to cover uh, Redeemer, please do because I would love to talk about that one day. But uh, we're gonna get back to the high train soon. Um, but anyway, well, we're on the oh, Haya train because this got released through Haya. Well, we're gonna go on. We're we're on it right now, and we're probably gonna have to jump back off for like a second and then come back on. 
Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, the movie's out right now. You guys can obviously check it out. I think the the story is really simple. There are some things that, you know, like some things that happen here and there where I'm like, I don't know if that really makes any sense. Uh, but I think maybe it's just maybe a limitation of time and budget and also like not really punching up your script. I realized that there are some things that felt kind of weird. Like, I don't know, the fact that he has a twin brother and his twin brother does something later in the movie with the family that's all i'm gonna say without spoiling it i was like why didn't why didn't the main character do something about that that that's all i'm gonna say for now without spoilers yeah it's hard uh, like, it's a little hard to talk about that aspect without really yeah. spoiling the movie but mm-hmm. uh i mean it's weird <laughs> i when we first watched this i wasn't crazy about the story and i was questioning whether this really needed to be told in a non-linear fashion mm-hmm. as opposed to just giving us the beginning the middle and the end but it it works it works with all the flashbacks because because of the chapter structure because every chapter ends with kind of a neat surprise or him learning something or fighting an an opponent and defeating them Mm -hmm. so this time around i I, yeah it didn't it didn't bother me i think some of the things that come out of nowhere that's just how like a TV series structure or a small web sure. series would need to be structured. You can't sure. introduce all your characters in the first episode, right? Like eventually, oh, yeah. like I remember when we watched this, we were like, man, the family really came out of nowhere. That was oh, yeah. so jarring. <laughs> Watching it here, I was like, okay, well, where were they going to put him? So right. I, I guess it's fine that they just kind of pop up a little later. I, I think I did mention that when we were watching it together. It was like, I, I don't, I didn't really mind the non-linear storytelling. Um, and even the fact that it's, it's broken out into chapters. Although I do have a slight problem with the ending. <coughs> well, I think a say, lot of people might have a problem with the ending because yeah. of it. Well, yeah, <laughs> it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't really wrap itself up the way you think it should. Yes, it does wrap up. But not the way you think it would <laughs> normally happen with a story like this. Right, right. Well, let's just say this. Uh, the whole movie is leading up to... Well, I mean, the whole story. How much did we elaborate on the story? Should we dive into it a little bit deeper? I think we just can go a little. Yeah, a little. Sure. More. Okay, well, okay. Marco Zoror is... Does he even have a name? I don't think so, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. No, I think about it. It's yeah, just he, he and his brother. I don't even know what they're called it's it's marco and zoror okay <laughs> his, his evil brother is Zoror. whatever so his evil brother um you said before he, he steals his manual and the the main character also played by marco um because they're twins um he's tra- he's out to try to get revenge on him in some ways so like the whole movie is basically just you know like a, but a series of flashbacks as well because there's you know, revealing their backstory, like the animosity, animosity between the two of them, and like kind of fleshing it out. A bunch of montages you know, like explaining like how the main character learned his martial arts through this Condor woman, but also there's this second hand, like right hand man to the evil twin, who is trying to plot the killing the main characters. You know, so that's really everything to the the movie like some we get some flashbacks every once in a while of him the the main character with his family and now he doesn't 
be stay with them, I guess. Right. It flashes um, back to him and his old master before yeah, the Condor the woman. Yeah. There's a lot of training montages mm-hmm. again. Yeah. And a lot of philosophy. A lot of mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like there's Buddhist sort of philosophy thrown in yeah. there. I kind of mm-hmm. like that stuff. I like mm-hmm. when you throw in these ideas and yeah. you actually tie them to a fight scene in some sort of way. Sure. I don't want to reveal sure. I don't want to reveal the big one because that was that would <laughs> the, the, the training scene for it. Mm-hmm. When I I think it's okay for me to tell you to say the training scene, uh they need they need to learn how to not use their legs, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so what do they do? They they wrap up their their feet and legs and they're just crawling around on their hands. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's the silliest <laughs> visual because they're on wires to do this. Mm-hmm. And then they need to build up their upper body strength. And so they start trying to jump over a stick. <laughs> but like, like a high jump stick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it's, it's absurd. But it's like, yeah, I mean, that's what you think of when you think like those old 80s and 70s and 80s martial arts movies where people are freaking doing one hand push-ups with their one finger you know right. like like absurd things like that and then like speaking of which there's a lot of homages and i'm even surprised that people in the audience that we were with like more like normies more casuals who like picked up on it like you know the references to master of the flying guillotine when it comes to the the uh the training montage stuff um there's a old score that's played during a dramatic scene early in the movie that's taken straight from a golden harvest Oh no, that's not Gold Harvest. It would, I guess it would be Shaw Bros because it. Hmm. This was a old Stephen Chow movie where he played the Monkey King, so I recognized that song for some reason. Like, oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay, yeah, I didn't yeah. pick up on that. So just going back a little bit, so they do hmm. a visual nod to Master of the Flying Guillotine. Yep. But I like the idea of the philosophy they put behind it because mm-hmm. I I'm not I can't. It's been a while since we watched that movie. I can't recall yeah. if the idea of a person jumping on a basket that has no mm-hmm. weight inside it has anything to... Oh, okay, so in Master of Flying Guillotine, I think mm-hmm. they say like you have to empty all the air out of your body, and yeah. that's how you can balance on a basket that has no objects weighing it down. Mm-hmm. In this movie, the woman is saying, well, one of the big things that holds back a fighter is the ego yep. essentially yourself and she's kind of saying like you know you kind of have to let go of yourself let go of everything because then you can balance then you will no longer have that that uh, additional weight and you can balance on the basket sure so it's, it's sure. interesting how they took these different aspects and then the different visuals yeah. from another movie and kind of smashed it together and it made it something new and i was like okay that's kind of fun I love how it's like they're like as long as you don't have no ego, you can you can accomplish anything. Meanwhile, in the very beginning of the movie, it's like my body's a temple, <laughs> <laughs> my body is perfect, right. it's prime for battle. <laughs> and then he's like just eat it. He's like eating eggs, eating all these. Yeah. Things. <laughs> um, and I, I love all this stuff, and and that I mean the whole point of this and bringing it up because it's it's quite obvious, especially at the very end, everyone can see from a mile away, especially all them martial arts heads out there you know that is the this is clearly a nod to a bruce lee thing but um, we'll elaborate on that in the patreon section but the oh, whole man. movie i just want to say i just want to say real mm-hmm. quick 
that guy who asked the question, he's like, was it this movie? They're like, yeah, of course it was that movie. It's very obvious. Like, I don't know if anyone else knew that, but like I knew that. <laughs> he said that? I can't believe he said that. I was like, come on, man. Come on. Of course everyone got I know reference. movies. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, you and I might be jaded because we've been doing this show for so long. We, we watch a lot of these films. Right. And martial arts fans are so so such dorks. <laughs> such As we all are. Yeah. I'm just surprised uh, he said that. Like, did did anybody catch that? <laughs> I was like, did, did you did you see that your know, Bruce Lee said did this thing? Yeah, you know, like, yeah. Um but one thing I like about this film is that when it came down to like even the small visual things that like try to harken back to the whole you know, old school martial arts kung like let's just call them like old school kung fu films. Um, no, like the the crash zooms, you know, the old school mm. crash zooms. Like, like this movie does it tastefully well. It's like, okay, that's like we're we're modernizing that. We're we're bringing that back, but like we're not making it cheesy. We're not making that like over the campy. Yeah, you know, like like an old like Tar- like when Tarantino tried to do that for actually basically everything. <laughs> Tarantino's like really big of, big into that, but sometimes it can come off a little bit like campy looking. Like here, it's like no, this is appropriate. I can't believe I'm comparing this to a Tarantino film. But. <laughs> oh, you know um, what we didn't yeah. talk about? What? The action. Oh, should we? <laughs> this movie has fighting in it? I didn't know that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Marco is still doing his Marco things. I asked him at the end of end of the, uh, the movie. I was like, how the fuck do you do this as a 200 plus pound, six foot three man? doing all those flips and kicks without hurting your back and he basically said like i do all the things so i'm always primed for this shit <laughs> basically he said that a little bit more poignantly than that yeah, but he's like basically. basically when you're the perfect specimen like myself <laughs> you don't have and you to are, do much <laughs> and you abandon all your ego <laughs> yeah, yeah um but no he he does all the marco stuff um i can't say it says um I can't say it's as like intense or as um, like, like it's been a while since I watched uh, Kil- we cover Kiltro and I do remember his, his fight scenes in Redeemer they're great but like you know like this might be you know a little bit more tame in that aspect but I think a lot of has, a lot of that has to do with like timing and budget and all that but believe, he looks great I believe he's the fight choreographer as well that makes sense yeah that totally makes so sense. Yeah. small small budget small group of mm-hmm. people you can work with and practice with yeah. Not wanting to maybe be exposed to them for too long, yeah, because of yeah. the the virus that went around at that point. So yeah, it's it's simple. The mm-hmm. fight scenes are simple, not in a bad way. My issue is th- the fight scenes are still interwoven with the narrative. So mm. he's narrating. He's having yeah. a dialogue with the fighters. They're fighting, and then they have to kind of stop, elaborate maybe more on the narrative, or flash back to why he's going to use a move that will defeat the fighter, and then the fight will continue. I kind of just wish the fight was its own thing by itself, and didn't have Mm. to kind of keep on cutting, because I talk about this a lot, like I I like a pacing for, for a fight, and when you do stopping and starting, it... That I don't like that pacing personally. Sure, sure. No, I, I I can agree. I can agree. I think that the movie does it a little bit 
better just because like they probably added a lot more inserts into the movie so they can kind of I don't know, tie in together with other uh, things that they shot in the film, which, you know, like in terms of like pad, not padding, but like really uh, filling, let's just call it filling out your movie. Like it, it makes sense to do it that way. So for example, you know, there's one particular fight scene and sometimes it'll flash to another, like a moment when he was like training and, uh, and it's like, there's parallels there. It's like, okay, no, I'm completely okay with that. Um, so I mean, but I do I do agree. Like a lot of it is stuck in slow mo territory, though. It's uh, I I noticed there's a lot of usage of slow slow mo in this film. Um, I think maybe that's also a, a budgetary or time restraint kind of thing. Hmm. If I have had to right. guess, yeah, I'm guessing that they couldn't make too elaborate of chore- choreographed moves because mm-hmm. you know just just the scenario of when they're filming they can't yeah maybe they can't so right, right. every fight has some decent moves in it though that's true which is fun i would say the except the only one that really falls flat is the bar fight when he's fighting a bunch of people uh, but every other fight with the uh, with him versus somebody else they're like okay yeah there's some cool moves yeah, here and there sure. very very simple stuff you kind of have to really really set your expectations this isn't anything as complicated as i guess like redeemer seems like i haven't seen oh yeah it, but it seems like mm-hmm. there's just a lot more complicated choreography yeah in that yeah, movie yeah. and then even kiltro the first movie there's mm-hmm. moments when he fights one on many so you, you just kind of have to keep in mind he's almost always going to fight just one person the fight doesn't <laughs> last too long yeah and then but you do get some signature twisty spins <laughs> he's still doing it i don't know how old he is actually at this point right right well i mean it's kind of funny that you and i were like oh, like at least the movie uh, like this movie keeps it kind of simple i'm like i mean he's doing like these like corkscrew like round like hook kicks like yeah, there's nothing simple about that but yeah like the amount of other martial artists in the movie to work with him are a lot obviously a lot lower like a smaller amount i mean so you can only do so much to kind of like make that work but like again it, it, you know the movie does a pretty good job of actually make fleshing those out for the most part it almost feels like every chapter because there's 10 of nine 10 of these um there's at least like an action moment in each one of them either it's a montage or a fight scene so like yeah. throughout the whole 10 chapters it's like you know we, we get some i think it's nine chapters all throughout all nine chapters yeah. you get something out of it like as an action head even if it's not the the greatest in the world but again you gotta temper your expectations because of because of covid remember when covid was a thing <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because before covid hit they told us they were working on a sequel to mirage man another movie mm-hmm. he and the director did together i think they were yeah. just they were filming some stuff and then the world fell apart and they unfortunately had to scrap it i haven't seen that movie it looks kind of it looks really silly based on the trailer i watched today he's just basically (laughs) running around in a ski mask kicking the shit out of people in public (laughs) (laughs) hey they can still make that happen yeah now that now we're back but i didn't realize that was a superhero supposed to be a superhero movie so Mm. i don't know maybe he missed the bandwagon because there is superhero fatigue people are Uh openly speaking about now so yes i just i just i just watched wakanda forever and i can tell you 
that my my sentiments on superhero movies has not changed <laughs> but anyways uh with that said i guess now's a good time maybe we could talk a little bit more about fist of the condor in greater detail um so if you guys listen uh want to listen to a little bit more about us breaking down the action and maybe provide a little more spoilers then you can follow us at page uh, on patreon at fists of fail and there you for just a dollar a month you can hear all that but for three you can listen to our bonus episodes well bonus mini episodes uh where we cover all these movies that did not turn into full episodes but we watched them so we might as well talk about them. Of course. Uh, and yeah. uh, one of the new ones that came out, or is coming out, depending on when this episode comes out, mm-hmm. uh, a Sammo movie, My Beloved Bodyguard. <laughs> I wanted to see that, but maybe yeah. I should or shouldn't, based off of that conversation. I guess you'll just have to listen to find out. Yeah. I wonder who has a very pot, like very strong opinion on that movie. I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, but I guess with that said, let's talk about Fist of the Condor. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. We're at the point where we give our recommendations, but there's a whole wealth of audio you would be listening to here if you follow us on Patreon. There you can listen to the entire episode, including an exclusive action breakdown of the fights in the movie. And, but you can still support us by liking us on all the things and watch this and other episodes on YouTube with visual cues to accompany our discussion. And now on to our final thoughts. But, uh, no. I mean, is that, so is that it? Is that yeah. Fist of the Condor? Fist of the Condor. Okay, hey. That's Fist of the Condor. I will say, though, oh, hmm, wow, the spoiler section now, but, whew, how do I do this without spoiling it now? There is, I thought the movie was going to do some sort of twist. Not exactly the whole, like, oh, it's uh, Fight Club all over again, but more like, oh, the person you've been following this whole time turns out to be the villain and the villain, you know, and, and they kind of switch roles. They do a bait and switch halfway. I'm like, that would have punched up the script like crazy. Like I was, I've been very interested in that, but no, it's a lot more straightforward than that. Um, not just, that's not a negative mark on it at all, but like as the movie went along, I was like, Oh, wouldn't that be interesting? Um, and I thought they were going to at least try that. Like that would have like really spiced up the whole movie, but Regardless, it's more straightforward. It really, it's, yeah, exactly. really it's straightforward. is a very straightforward tale, hearkening back exactly. to the older Shaw Brothers movies. That I mean, I'm, it's so obvious where they're taking references from mm-hmm. and adding the Chilean flavors to it here and there. And then Marcos Aurora's yep. own personal mantras and maybe training <laughs> regiment in there as well. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it's. I mean, yeah. I, I think like even before, like we're learning all about the you know pandemic stuff and the the difficulties of filming and everything, like and especially being in the same room as the you know, people involved in the making the movie. I think I had a pretty good time watching the movie. It's it's super simple, very simple. Did I need to watch it in theaters? Probably not. I think I think maybe that was where <laughs> some of my more negative opinions came i realized that yeah this didn't need to be a theater watch although yeah you know we got to see marco zoro in person so i was like okay of course yeah, yeah of course we're gonna go watch it yeah for sure like but if marco zoro came in my living room and was like hey here's what i did for this movie I'm like, oh, i'd be happy with this too <laughs> <laughs> i don't think he'd want to hang out with me but <laughs> but uh no i mean it, it's a good movie and then 
uh well it's an entertaining film it's nice and short it's very simple it's easy to watch um it's not spectacular but it's spectacular what they could do with the budget that they were given and the limitations and how much they put their asses on the line for this movie um so i think it's super commendable i actually like really enjoyed like you know like learning more about the movie than even the movie itself (laughs) (laughs) so yeah uh yeah. So, uh, any closing thoughts there? Uh, I li- I like the movie. I mentioned this mm-hmm. earlier. I wasn't crazy about it the first time, but after learning all the stuff and yeah. getting my expectations, you know, on the right level, and realizing, yeah, this is a smaller movie. Got to be a little easier mm-hmm. on it. And then, after you and I were talking about this, you just realize that you can have a nice fight. With a static camera or simple moves, you don't <laughs> yeah. have to go all over the place with this shaky cam bullshit that you and I constantly complain <laughs> about. Oh, yep. hey, you know what we never mentioned? Holy what? shit, you know what we did not mention once in this episode? Oh, no. John Wick? Well, you did. <laughs> no, you you opened did. with that. You yeah, opened yeah, with us we're... saying we're not going to mention it. No, no, no. We never mentioned about the editing of the fights. Oh, okay. Because uh, it wasn't something we had to uh, complain about. Sure, sure. So that's that. There yeah, you maybe. go. A nice, well-edited fight. <laughs> Somebody can yeah. do it. Somebody did it. And then on a lower on budget. A lower budget. That's, Here, that's you, there. You know, mm-hmm. nice golf clap for Fist of the Condor for, sure. for doing. Sure, absolutely. Slow caps from me. Um, I will. The only complaint I have for the movie is the title. Because when I hear Fists of the Condor, I think of Cobra Kai. And they're like, yeah, Eagle Fang. The problem, too, is condors don't have fists, right? Exactly. Like, like exactly. Claw, of the, claw of the Condor. Come on. Alliteration. Claw of the Condor. Sure. Sure. I like that. I'll, I'll take that. 